This is it. We've got an Amex Platinum Pro on our hands, ladies and gentlemen. We haven't seen anyone relax like this before in the Centurion Lounge. <sighs> is he connecting to complimentary Wi-Fi? Oh, my. Look at that. He is. And you will not believe where he's going next. The Amex dedicated card member entrance for the win. Unbelievable. When you get travel perks with Amex Platinum, you're part of the action. That's the powerful backing of American Express. Terms apply. Learn more at americanexpress.com slash with Amex. You are listening to the 23 Personnel Podcast, where food and sports clash at the goal line. Here are your hosts, Spencer and Michael. All right, what is up, everybody? Welcome back to another episode of the 23 Personnel Podcast. I'm your host, Spencer, joined by Michael. Michael, what's Hello. up, man? Hello. Hello. And this is, does this sound, do we sound different? Because this is our first color cast stream. I hope can they people can, tell a difference in my voice? Does it sound more velvety? I hope they can even hear us. Uh, twangy? Twangy is probably better. So if you're joining us live over on ColorCast, welcome. If not, catching the, the recording, what is up? You can catch us live every Tuesday night at 9. And we will also be doing our instant reactions over on ColorCast. So if you don't have the app, actually, let me tell you, tell you about it. ColorCast is a live audio only sports talk platform a lot like the previous previous uh platform we used it's free to download and to use talk to us other fans athletes and insiders in real time perfect for watch parties debates post game breakdowns and reacting to breaking news we are like i said live on the app right now i was actually i joined the uh the bosco's boys on it a little earlier i guess it was last week um they gave me a minute to talk about Texas Tech basketball. Um, and I had to defend our loss to Kansas State fans, to oh. them. Um, and I was like, you know what? I mean, I, I, I couldn't let the opportunity go without saying that like this was our fourth game in seven days and <laughs> blah, blah, blah. And their coach was like, that goes both ways, man. I was like, yeah, sure, it does. I'm just like, we're just excited to, to have you guys back in Lubbock, okay? Yeah, can't wait to play again. Yeah, so... Keep up with us over there. You can follow me at 23 personal. All you need to do is download the ColorCast app free in the iOS app store, create a profile, link your Twitter, follow at 23 personnel to be notified when we go live. Like I said, Tuesdays at nine will be our regular shows. Come with your spiciest takes. Yeah. And I mean, I know that we're probably kind of skipping around a little bit, but I figured I'd throw this out there too. Y'all already know this, but today's episode of the 23 Personal Podcast is brought to you by Sports Drink, your digital water cooler. Sports Drink is a newly created internet community that that tries to find the intersection of sports and not sports. They're here to help us grow and to hate your favorite team. A rising tide lifts all boats, so go check them out online or on social. Go to sportsdrink.org or open Instagram and type in at sportsdrink, spelled like sportsdrink without the vowels. All we ask is that you close the door behind you. We're trying not to let the funk out. And to keep up with us on Twitter, at 23personnel, at punts suck. Two S's there in the middle, and at Michael underscore LBK. That's me. Michael, we've got three basketball games to talk about. Oof. I guess four, if you want to go all the way back to Oklahoma, which I guess we should, since we didn't do an instant reaction to TCU, uh, which we, we, we have done instant reactions for almost every win up until this point. Michael was out of pocket. I was watching the game, but didn't feel like I had enough um, 
I wasn't engaged and I was doing other things around the house. I don't want to give a half half-hearted solo attempt an instant reaction. We'll give you a re- review of the game. Uh, we'll give you our overreactions to losing to Oklahoma and Norman. Um, <laughs> and then look ahead to Baylor tomorrow, Wednesday night, Texas on Saturday. Um, and then talk about one of my favorite sports, Michael baseball, baseball back brother. You've got some baseball notes keyed up. And, and teed up, that's a baseball term, teed right? Up. Yes, sir. Teed up, that's totally baseball. Um, inside baseball, if you will. But I do think I, I'm pretty excited to to learn more about kind of where this roster is going to be. Um, I might, depending on where I'm at Friday night, I might even check out Flow Baseball, see if I can get the, the game on on Friday night. And, you know, kind of back to where we were. I know this is on the spot, but what do you think? Should we do an instant reaction after the Oklahoma? I mean, after the Baylor game tomorrow, it'll be past our bedtimes, but who knows? Maybe we should. Maybe we should. Um, Maybe we should put a Twitter poll to see if we should put a Twitter poll. Okay. Here's what we should do. We're going to tweet. We're going to tweet. Hey, our listeners have been asking us to tweet a Twitter poll about whether or not we should tweet a Twitter poll about having an instant reaction after OU. And then we'll see how that poll turns out and then we'll retweet it. And then we'll say, okay, since everybody asked, cause you all will, then we will then. And only then will we ask the question, okay, would you like us to do an OU instant Bang. reaction at 10 30 when we're both going to be really dragging a, it'll we'll be Baylor it. tomorrow, but it's okay. Oh, I keep saying Oklahoma. I've got them on my brain because I've watched the end of the Oklahoma UT game. I'm so sorry. Right before we started. All right. Well, with that though, uh, let's, let's start with basketball, man. Okay. Here comes Stevenson. Spins. All right, so Texas Tech basketball now 19 and 6 on the season, 8 and 4 in conference play. Number 11 in the latest AP poll dropped two spots from 9. Third in the Big 12 standings, uh all alone in third place. I guess we maybe no yeah, we're no we're, we're a half game ahead of Texas, yes? Yeah, well, and Texas did win tonight. So, um, I mean, we obviously have the tiebreaker, uh, but, but I thought yeah, we were half game ahead and then they, or sorry, I thought we were full game ahead and they won. Yeah. Because they're, they're eight and yeah, five. We're so full we're full game ahead. Wait, we're half, game are they ahead. eight and five now? They're eight and five now. 
or, the, or is that, did they update that that quickly? I don't know, man. I'm just, I'm just looking at the big 12 website. Yeah, they did. Yeah. They're eight and five, eight and five. They, we have a half game lead on the yeah. Longhorns. Um, who knocked off the Sooners tonight, took overtime to do it, but they ended up winning um, 70, sorry, 80 to 78. Um, Kansas is first. Baylor is second, who we welcome into Lubbock on Wednesday, tomorrow night. Yes, Texas, not Oklahoma. We, we play Baylor tomorrow. <laughs> uh, Texas Tech is third. Texas is fourth. TCU is fifth. But almost the... Uh, what do they call that? Paper Tiger? Um, yeah. TCU's fifth. Their, their upcoming schedule, Michael, is unbelievable. It is vicious. They are about to and just, they're going to tumble hard. Well, that kind of makes sense because, you know, UT faced the same thing. And I just felt like as, as weird as the scheduling worked out this year, there's got to be some other team who is going to go through a gauntlet the last half of the season. And it, I guess it's going to be the frogs. So their stretch, uh, going back to the eighth, they played T or sorry, TCU played Oklahoma state who is playing spoiler for everybody. Mm-hmm. Um, they, they're just like, we're not going to the, the tournament. Neither are you. Yeah. Um, but they're, the, they're kind of like Texas tech in, uh, football season on occasion. Oh yeah, yeah, for sure. Uh, TCU did end up beating Oklahoma state. Then they came to Lubbock, um, which we'll talk about that game a little bit, but Texas tech wins that game 82 69 and they host Iowa state. Uh, They're playing tonight. Currently right now, I believe they are up by two on Iowa state. Then they go to Waco on Saturday. They've got West Virginia. Then they're at Texas. Then they host Texas tech again. And then Michael, the 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 cherry on top from the good old Big Twelve schedulers. They go, they host Kansas on Tuesday, then they travel to Lawrence on Thursday. Whoa! And then come out and then finish the game on the road in Morgantown on Saturday. Ooh! So that la- so they're gonna have a a four game in seven day stretch, just like Texas Tech did, where they go. Texas Tech at home, Kansas at home, Kansas at Kansas, and West Virginia at West Virginia. They've got to go to Lawrence and Morgantown in the same week right after playing Lawrence. Kansas. <laughs> so their oh their final half of the schedule here, a little rough. Um, so they may not remain up there in fifth place in the Big 12. Uh, but let's go back to last Wednesday to talk about that Oklahoma game, if you will, Michael. Texas Tech was, I'll just say abysmal all the way around. Defense, offense, special teams. It's not football, but there wasn't anything special there. They played in front of a reported crowd of 7,300 people. I would have believed it if they said 1,400 people were there. (laughs) Um, that, that, that may be a tickets sold number, but text. And here's where it's really frustrating, right? Cause you were favored to win this game, which is, uh, kind of unbelievable on the road. Um, and it was, it was a slight favorite. You were up by five at the half. You felt like, okay, we just got to, you, you came back, you built a little bit of a lead and you're just like, okay, we just got to just continue to build on this. Just keep them at arm's length, 
finish this game, get out of here with a win and go home. <laughs> uh, it reminds me of that, that, um, that scene in the office where Kevin, Meredith, Aaron, uh, they win a, uh, a trivia contest mm-hmm. and then they, they go and they want to do it again because they're, they're feeling so good about themselves and they get to the second bar like, okay, let's just collect our hardware and go home and then get absolutely destroyed in the second one. <laughs> We're getting zero things. Right. Anyways, that's kind of how I, I was feeling like, let's just, just win this game and get out of here. Just whatever. Uh, second half though, did not go your way. Obviously Oklahoma outscored you by 20. Yeah, this was a game that uh, I'll go into a little bit more later. I was at a I was at a play. I was at the Buddy Holly Hall at and the play was from 7:30 to 10, so I missed every second of this game. But my watch was updating me every 5 minutes of game time, you know, not not literally every 5 minutes. And I I kind of felt the same way as you as I was looking. I thought, "Okay, yep, let's just squeak out of here." And it just kept getting worse and worse. And then come to find out, uh, you know, Tech allowed Moja Gibson. Mo Gibson. Oh, my gosh. Allowed him 8 of 11 from 3. And here's... He had 30 points. He put up a 30-burger <laughs> on you. In college, that's just insane. And here's here's where, where Spencer's going to eat some crow. Is like, you just... <laughs> yes, he had one of the higher three-point shooting percentages on the team, but it wasn't it wasn't that good. It was like 30%. I was like not worried about that. Sure. <laughs> yeah. And then he hits eight of 11. Um, it was nine of 14 from the field himself, eight of 11. So he only like, he hit one more shot. That wasn't a three pointer and then hit four or five, four of five of his free throws to get to the 30. Elijah Harkless, uh, wasn't even on my radar. 13 points. Jordan Goldwire was another guard. 10 points. The other guy I was worried about was Tanner Groves. 12 minutes, two points. Yep. I felt like he was the, the, the it factor, right? Like they were able to get him on the ball all over the court in previous games. And he scored all over. And when you were, you won, you got him in foul trouble a little early. I think he got three fouls and sat for a while. Um, but your game plan was to take him away and you did. But it also felt like by the time you were trying to make adjustments on the three, Mo Gibson was just so hot, like it didn't really matter. He was hitting stupid shots. He had to be. And, to and just, that's not just that's, keep firing at eight. I mean, that's inc- I mean, like credit to him, obviously. Yeah, that, that's what I was gonna say. It's not like I'm saying like he he was he shouldn't have hit bad shots. It was just, it was impressive is what it sounds like. Yeah. You were it, almost kind of well morbidly. So is the opposing fan. Yeah. Yeah, was, yeah. 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 Um, Oklahoma shot 70% from the field in the second half. Like that was so demoralizing to watch Michael 72, almost 73% from three in the second half. Like the first half stats, you, you like, again, you had a lead. You're like, if we can continue this, you will be fine. 33% from the field, less than 30% from three. And they were two of two from free throw. So like that, if, if this is an indication of how this game is going to go, we're going to win this game. Not just by you had a lead at halftime, but like those numbers aren't sustainable to win a game. What happened 
as Oklahoma just got absolutely white hot from the field. 14 of 20 from the floor, 8 of 11 from 3 in the second. These are second half numbers. So 70% from the field, 73% from 3. Only got to the line, you know, 13 more times. And a handful of those, at least six of them, probably came in the last couple of minutes as Texas Tech was trying to get it closer. Um, but Oklahoma would get there. They'd get fouled. They'd get to the line. And they'd, they'd hit most of those free throws. And then when we didn't foul them, they were hitting threes. It was like, damned if you do, damned if you do. Like, you just weren't, you weren't making up the difference. Um, and that's, I mean, yes, you lost by 15. And that's, that's, that's the end. Like, that's what happened. Um, it wasn't a 15-point game with, like, a minute to go. It was, like, eight or nine points. Which is why, like, you were fouling and you were trying to get it closer and closer. But, like I said, when you didn't foul them, they were hitting threes. And, like, they extended that lead real quick, right at the end. Um, which, you know, whatever they needed to establish themselves and get some momentum going. Like, I don't have any ill will towards them for like, Oh, they ran it up. That's not what I'm saying. That's not what I'm saying. Um, but it was one of those games where it was like, this is a game that's going to haunt you. If you don't get to where you want to be seeding wise in, in, in the tournament, Oklahoma may be figuring things out, but they have a four and seven record in the big 12. Like it is, they will not finish 500 in the league. Well, no, I mean, and they're even four and eight after tonight. Now, four and eight. They, they did take Texas to overtime. They were down. Um, that's why I just have them on the brain so much. Like I said, I watched kind of the end of that game right before we started recording. And, you know, Oklahoma just kind of found a way to fight back and basically force overtime, create some turnovers, um, you know, get a couple of rebounds, but then again, they, they missed Timmy Allen who, ba- who took over. He and Carr took over in overtime. Uh, Allen was there for a couple of key misses. I think both by Carr, just completely not blocked out, but he flew in to be fair from like 30 feet <laughs> and grabbed rebounds. So I don't know who was going to block him out uh, unless they just like threw the flying burrito at him. But, but uh, OU is, you know, I went into last week thinking I was more worried about TCU than OU. Mm-hmm. I felt like TCU was kind of a little bit formidable at that point. Uh, OU had lost a lot of close games, but they had lost them. And I, I just, I just thought, you know, Tech might go to Norman, win that game relatively comfortably, come back to Lubbock, expect to win because they haven't lost in Lubbock in forever, and then get dealt an L by a, a TCU team. And it kind of looked that way in the first half, but luckily it didn't turn that way. But, but man, this, this OU team, yeah, this one's going to come back to bite you. This is kind of like, I don't know if it's quite as damning as the Kansas state loss. Um, but it's up there. I mean, sure. It's a road loss and you expect those to be tough and all that good stuff, but uh, you can't lose by 20 in the second half. No. And, and really quickly before we move on to TCU, because it felt like the end of the Oklahoma game bled into the beginning of the TCU game, but your offense, you shot two of 17 from three in Norman. Like you're not a three point shooting team, but like, dang, you need to do better than, Oh, what is that? 11%. Yeah. Almost 12%. Almost 12. Yeah. If you round up. So then you, you, you get dealt let that loss. Um, and I, I was really frustrated. I, I jumped on, I was listening to, uh, the gambling gouchers, uh, post game spaces and they were 
because I was salty, it, I, I, I got triggered. I was reacting. Oh no. <laughs> they, they were talking about like, and it's something we talked about in the preview show. So it's like, it just, it was whatever. I just, I, I didn't want to hear it. I didn't say anything. I didn't request to join. I was like, I don't, I don't, I can't talk. I'm going to be mad. <laughs> um, but they were talking about like, well, it's a road game in the big 12. And even though Oklahoma is eighth in the conference, they're still a top 50 team. Like it, it very much felt like we were pumping up our opponent to make us feel better about losing to them. Well, and, but it's true. But like at that moment I was like, I didn't want to hear it. I was like, no, well, no, no, no. F that no, we should have won true. this game. And yeah. And especially <laughs> when apparently the crowd could have been hauled there in three yellow dog school buses. It doesn't sound like a very no. formidable atmosphere to, to drop such a gigantic L. Yeah. So speaking of, uh, I was, I was, I was frustrated about that. And then I was like, well, hopefully when we come back home and we're going to play TCU, we're going to like, it'll be a get right game or something. We're going to just sure, race yeah. it, get back on, on, on track. Texas tech has, has his win streak going back to last year. And then the first half of, or at least the first, I don't know, 10, 15 minutes of the first half, against TCU felt very much like the second half of Oklahoma. They were hitting shots. They were just, they were exposing weaknesses in your defense. Um, they shot almost 50% from the field in the first half, 48, uh, 48% and then shot better than 41% from three. They hit seven of 17 of their shots from three. Um, that was just the first half. Yeah, that, that was the first half uh, where, you know, they, they took a three point lead in the halftime. You gave up 40 first half points and you don't give up 40 points and a half very much. You gave up 45 in the second half to Oklahoma, gave up 40 to TCU. But by the time you were hitting at halftime, it actually felt like the momentum was back in yours on your side. Uh, you had closed the gap. It had got, they were up 13 points in the first half with five minutes to go. Um, and then you yeah, went on a little run. So. And then you closed it to, to just three. So like you felt really good closing that 13 point gap down to three. Um, but until like, in, until that happens, like, holy crap, like this, the one lost Oklahoma may bleed over and have you lose again to TCU. And also you lost Kevin McCullough in the first half. He, mm. he, he took a three um, and on, you know, he landed and took some steps back backwards. He was, backing up towards the TCU sideline. It wasn't malicious, but he stepped on Jamie Dixon's foot um, yeah. and rolled Completely his ankle out of bounds. All that, like you said, no, yeah, nothing like, malicious. Like, yes, Dixon took a step towards him, but he wasn't looking at McCuller when he stepped towards him. So it wasn't like, Oh, here he comes. I'm going to, I'm going to bump him or something. Like he <sighs> yeah. was watching, like he was watching something else, the ball maybe, or I don't know. It doesn't matter. It wasn't intentional. The, the post game when, when he, couldn't tell you what had happened. It's like, you don't remember getting run over by a six, five guy. And like, you couldn't mm-hmm. say, hope he, you know, hope he's fine. Hope he's okay. Anyways. Um, despite what he said, post game, it was not malicious. Um, second half though, you flip the script or you, you continued your, your first half, you know, the end of the first half run, um, where, you know, you didn't, you didn't do all that bad in the first half. You, you shot 52% from the, from the field. You yeah. only took you know, ultimately you only took nine three pointers in the game. Um, you're 50% in the first half, two of four and then 60% in the, the second half, three of five, but your field goal percentage went up uh, almost 56%. You, you hit those three threes. You were 80% from the line in the second half. 
Um, but your defense, man, it like it clamped yes. down and it made everybody on the TCU sideline uncomfortable. Um, they their shooting percentage dropped to forty four percent, which still a lot higher than than I would have liked. Uh, they only attempted that they attempted ten threes in the second half and only hit four. Um, and only got to the line three times or six times. Sorry, they were three of six from the free throw line. Um, but your defense, just the game completely changed and looked completely different in, in that second half. Yeah, I, the, I think that's the big story here is TCU's percentages because I hadn't I watched the game, but I hadn't really looked at the stats until you know we started looking into this. I figured TCU's um, shot percentages would have dropped a lot more drastically than they did having been outscored 45 29 in the second half they really didn't but they just didn't get as many possessions because tech turned them over 20 times tcu had 20 turnovers and that resulted in 26 points off turnovers for mm-hmm. tech and and that was just like you said the, the defense clamped down that was a huge story of the game i mean rebounding was about the same on both teams, almost exactly the same. So that, that, that wasn't a big story there, but I, I do think the turnovers were massive and I wish I could get a split stat on that. But out of those 20 turnovers, I, I would bet 10, 12 plus came in the second half. Yeah. So you only had 11 turnovers in the game to their 20. Um, the, the one thing I was going to say about the, the, the rebound difference, you had one more rebound, but they only had two second chance points. Oh, they were true. they were not getting offensive rebounds, and when they missed, like they weren't putting the ball back up. Like it was just a new possession; it was going the other direction. Um, and not that Texas Tech was any better; they only they had seven. Um, but it still, it was it was a thing that like you didn't allow them to you know fly in from the the three point line and collect a rebound and like tip it back in. Um, yeah. And then the other thing, um, sorry. It, uh, uh, trying to remember exactly what it was. It was the, um, something that we saw a lot of last year from TJ Shannon where he would force a turnover, you know, uh, a few feet from half court, tip it to himself, run out, sprint out, control the ball and then like have just a vicious dunk. Right. Yes. He got one of those, Against TC, he was like, "There's TJ Shannon." Like he didn't, he didn't in between look. limping, like he was still kind of like limping around, and then all of a sudden he had one of those eye level to the rim, shattering steel dunk combos. Which is, like I said, he he's been injured long enough this season, like, and he's still still recovering and still you know getting back slowly. Um, but that was one of the first times where you like that was the Shannon we saw a lot of last year, where mm-hmm. he he was good for one, maybe two of those a game, where he would just out of nowhere, just explode, tip the ball. And then it was off of the races and nobody was catching him. Um, he had one of those against TCU. And was like, man, that was fun to see your dunk counter went way up in this game. I think it, it was, they, they, they keep track of it in the, the stands there. I think it's up to 71 on the season now. Um, it was just, it, yeah, was, it was 66 at some point. Yeah. Like, during that game, I think. Yeah. So you, you end up having a great second half. Uh, erased, you know, the, the bad feelings from the early of the first half, 45 points for you to end the game, 82, 69. And actually the, there was a point, um, and it would take too long to go find it. In the second half, you were outscoring them 31 to seven. Like to start the second half is 31 to seven. And then going back into the, the first half, Labar shared the stat. 
it was like a 40, 41 to eight or nine point run for Texas Tech, including time in the first half. It was a ridiculous swing there. Um, and then, you know, ultimately, like they ended up closing the gap because you were up by 22, I think, at one point, and they closed it down to 13. But um, that the game was a lot more out of reach than the final score indicated, despite TCU having a firm grasp on the game for 15 minutes. Yeah. And it, it showed a lot what, you know, this is why you want Shannon to play if he's, if he's healthy or if, or if he feels like he's healthy enough to play. I mean, he came off the bench and had 20 points and was explosive on defense, explosive on offense. Uh, just really was able to make a lot of plays that, um, affected the game greatly and, and had a lot of, uh, a lot of ways to contribute. So, I mean, I just, I, I was really excited to see him get in there. Um, you know, I saw the press conference today with Adams about McCuller and it's kind of, I think the term he uses coin flip. They're not really quite sure how bad things are yet with his, with his ankle. Uh, so, you know, I would not count on him to be able to go, Wednesday, possibly not even Saturday, but we'll see. I mean, he's such a tough kid. I, I, I bet it would be hard for him to stay off the court, especially in Austin, if, if he can help it. Yeah. So, um, speaking of, of being off the court, I want to turn our, our attention to, to Baylor for a second and look at that game coming up on, on Wednesday night. Um, I, I believe the last line I saw this, this game was a pick em. Um, I think it opened it. I think tech was favored minus one and a half or something. Yeah. So it's so the money must've slid a little bit closed a little bit. However, I, However. Do, I do want to, to, to just point out that Baylor will be missing some key individuals. Oh. Uh, unfortunately for them, John Tachua, their big man from the Congo, um, tore multiple ligaments in his knee oh, and is out the rest of the season. Uh, which means they're going to be relying on Flo Thamba. Sorry, uh, hold on. Let me make sure I said that right. Uh, no, right. sorry. Chachu was from the Cameroon. Um, Thamba is from the Congo. I got those mi- guys mixed up. Langston Love is out with a knee injury, tore an ACL. Uh, he's been out since since uh, October, so that's not anything new. But also LJ Cryer is out with a foot injury um, and likely won't be back till the end of the month. He's been really hot lately. He hasn't, he hadn't played in a lot of games, but I think he was the highest scoring points per game player on their team. I just don't think he's, he's been able to play in as many games. Uh, You know, I wonder if this kind of goes like what we've seen this team do. I mean, we saw it against Gonzaga. We've seen it against Texas um, and we saw it against OU, but it backfired against OU. Um, that well, and Gonzaga, I guess that the, the, the game plan was to neutralize the bigs, just neutralize the bigs, make sure they don't beat you. I mean, last, last time tech played Baylor, Kendall Brown had five points. He averages 10. Um, Flo Thamba had two points, two rebounds, but I mean, he doesn't play a ton of minutes, but he averages five points and five rebounds. So that kind of cut him down a little bit too. But, uh, I can't read my writing. Oh my gosh. 
Oh yeah, Aquino. Oh, my bad. He has Akinjo. Akinjo. He had thirteen points per game, but seventeen versus Tech. Flagler, same thing. Seventeen versus Tech, including five for eight from three. Um, I'm just, I'm worried that those guys. I mean, we we've seen what when a guy gets hot against Tech in Norman or something like that. We've seen what what can happen, even if mm-hmm. they do neutralize the bigs like they have in some of these games. So I, I am worried about that, but they are a little bit shorthanded, and you know I hate to hear about a a guy going down with a season injury. And uh, you know, Cryer has has been pretty good for them lately too. So that may unfortunately work in Tech's favor, but yeah. And then oof. the um, without them, the, those guys you mentioned, uh, like Thamba has not not been a huge presence on their our team this year. Um. I mean, they still have Matthew Meyer, uh, number 24. He's a 6'9 guard slash forward, which I don't, it's weird that he's listed as a guard at 6'9. Um, they don't have a lot of size. Like, I, I get that Chach was, you know, uh, just one guy, um, and Cryer's a guard, but man, like, they're gonna, they're gonna be playing, not that they have, you know, defined positions, because I think Drew was, was very transparent and said, uh, that he really respected and appreciated what Chris Beard was able to do, and he was trying to to replicate that and build on that and develop his own version of it. So it's not sure. like they have a defined, we need a center and we need a, a wing and we need like a four and a three. Um, but it's very possible that you're going to see some four-guard lineups against Baylor. They're going to go small because they just don't have the bodies to go big anymore. Um, or, I mean, they, they do have some guys with length that just haven't played like Jeremy Shoshan. Shoshan is a first year freshman out of England. Uh, I couldn't tell you how much he's played. Uh, Jordan Turner. I mean, he's, he's done a little bit, but he's not like, he's not been their, their main guy that, that comes in. Uh, you got Meyer who plays a lot of minutes. Um, so he, he, you know, I would expect to see him a, a lot of him. Thamba is going to have to, have a new role. So there's just some interesting pieces to their, um, their roster. That's going to look a little bit different than when it was when you played them in Waco. Um, but man, like to continue your winning streak this week and to beat Baylor would be huge to right? sweep Baylor. Yeah. You'd end up sweeping Baylor on the season. You would, um, end up, I don't no, you, you would end up tying them. Um, I, I guess you would tie them record wise, but you would pass them in the standings um, because of the, the head to head matchup there, um, which would move you to second. That would do a, a huge boost for your tournament resume. Not, not that you're on the bubble or anything like that, but if you're trying to get to a two seed sweeping Baylor, who is one point number one in the country, they were number one when you beat them. Uh, was going to go a long way. It, it just, it's 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 a big game. I I did see some 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 photos of people camping out already. It was on yes Sunday afternoon. Yeah, or Monday. It wasn't Sunday. It was Monday. Yep. Yeah. Um. So again, expect just a raucous crowd uh, at at the United Supermarkets Arena tomorrow as Baylor comes in. Um. Before we get Cute. to. T- Go, sorry, I just want to say it's it's a whiteout. So cue the I uh, thought we were the Red Raiders crowd. Oh, yeah. Well, 
that you know that you don't hear a lot of them from them when we have a blackout. Um, I thought we were the the red thought we were the red writers. Like, should we do a Twitter poll if and no, ask if no. we're the red Raiders? No, okay. So right. let's let's add, let's update some some stats and rankings. Uh, we've already talked about the AP poll after the TCU game. Ken Palm, you jumped up. No, not jumped up. You fell back, slid back three spots to thirteenth overall. You were tenth. Um, you are fifty seventh in adjusted offense. Offense previously were fifty first. Your opponent's offense. Uh, picked up a couple of points, went from 36 to 34. Your defense uh, is third, was second. Your opponent's offense stayed the same at 50th. Uh, both of those metrics will go up after tomorrow. The opponent's defense and opponent's offense. Haslametrics has you at 13th. He kept you at 13th. Offense actually moved up from 38th to 29th. And your defense according to Haslametrics, stayed at number three. So we talked about the Baylor game. Um, Saturday, you get the return trip to, to Austin to take on the Longhorns, who may or may not be finding their stride. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, they are 19-7, and 8-5 and five in the Big 12. We did talk about how they just just defeated Oklahoma tonight. Um, they did lose to Baylor on Saturday, pretty bad, 80 to 63. Um, before that, they defeated uh, Kansas on Monday night by three points. Um, they whooped up on, on Iowa State, which I think everybody's kind of glad to see them kind of right off. Uh, but they only allowed them to score 41 points. This just i i hate to i hate to be this way, but man, this just feels like a loss to me. It going into going into Austin. I mean, it, it, Timmy Allen. There's no way that you hold him to five points again. That that's just not going to happen. He's he's going to play better at home. Uh, you know, Courtney Ramey only had 12 points in Lubbock. Marcus Carr stepped up really all big like, for them. All threes, I think. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Marcus Carr stepped up really big for them. Had 18. Um, so I, I I mean, these guys, these guards are really tough. We've Marcus Carr's a guy I'd like on my team. I just really like his energy and what he brings and the fact that he can contort his body in such a way where he's not going to get called for a foul every time he, or a charge every time he drives to the basket. Uh, but man, I, I just think Timmy Allen, it's, it's, it's up to him. You know, if, if he has a good game, then I think tech loses. Um, and, and that seems kind of like a likely thing. I, th- I think this will be a, there will be a lot of fans there uh, be, because every, you know, this is a, this is UT's Super Bowl. Um, you know, they're going to make a big deal out of this and they already have, even though they, they yeah. claim not I mean, to think about this. Yeah. I, they, they think we're a rival, all that kind of crap, uh, you, you know, whatever, let them think whatever they want. You know, it's, it's cute. It's cute that this is their Super Bowl. So I'm, I'm really, I'm really happy for him to get, to get some, some butts and seats, but I, I worry about my red Raiders down there. I, I, I think, um, there will be enough mojo in the building and you're just not going to hold Timmy Allen to five points again. It's no, just not going to happen. There will be a lot of red Raiders there. Um, yeah, that's true. There will be some unless, Raider powers and this is on ABC too, people. Unless Chris Del Conte, uh, figured out a way to keep, 
Texas tech tickets out of the building. Um, really appreciative of the mouse for, um, you know, putting Texas's home game on national television and then seating Lubbock's game in this series in the backlogs of ESPN two on a Tuesday night. Really appreciate that. Everyone involved. Good job. Yeah. Good work, everybody. Thanks. Um, the game will be 1130 Saturday morning. Um, ABC, as you mentioned, I'm interested to see the, the turnout there. There, there have been a lot of discussions about Texas tech fans behind tickets and whether or not they're going to be, uh, allowed in beard said no students will be turned away. It's like, do, do you, you've, have you ever had that problem before at Texas? Well, no. and how can you make that claim? Like, where are you going to put them? Like if, if the building's full or are you going to put them? I did. I don't know if we ever talked about this, but, uh, I did really enjoy Mark Adams only tweet uh, leading up to the Texas game here in Lubbock was if you need tickets, contact Chris Beard, which for those of you who listen to the podcast, you know, probably that that was a huge joke between beard and Mark Adams. The whole time beard did the fireplace or the fireside chat. And he was always, if, if you need hit, if you need any tickets, hit up Mark Adams. And he always gave out his email address. Yeah. <laughs> so, I mean, for anything it was when they were on the final four, all that stuff. He was always like, yeah, just hit up Mark Adams. He'll get you some tickets, find you a place to stay. So I, I enjoyed that because I think some people took it a little bit more maliciously than it was intended. Cause they may not have known that bit of history, but it, it was, I thought that was just really funny. Yeah. And then, um, and, and place of, so we're, I, whoa, I did mention we'll be live on Colorcast next Tuesday at nine. We have a game. Text tech oh, has gosh. a game yeah, at we do. seven. So we'll go live with our instant reaction after the game. Uh, so we won't have a time for you. But Oklahoma, you get them back so quickly, uh, 14 and 12, four, nine, eight in the big 12. That'll be an ESPN plus as you lovingly put it. Thanks mouse 7 PM. Um, I don't mind the ESPN plus so much for just because I don't have to do the roulette. I can just, I turn it on ESPN plus it's going to be on at seven. I guess that's true. You don't have to like try to find it if the game has been delayed before it or. Yeah, like the Indiana game tonight was like 45 minutes delayed because it went to overtime. They had to to ESPN News. It was like whatever game followed the Texas Tech-Kansas game that went to two overtimes. Like they missed the entire first half. Yeah. Well, and then, (laughs) yes, that's right. Because they, at the end of the Kansas game, it was halftime of the other game. Yeah. It's like, well, I hope you found it on some other channel (laughs) or you just enjoyed some other team like that. Not that it wasn't a good game, but if I was looking for Texas Tech and I had to watch somebody else play, two overtimes. I would have been really steamed. That would hack me off. Cause I, and the bad part is too, is I'll switch over to ESPN news and then I won't realize for a while until I'm realize I'm watching the middle of a UFC documentary. It's like, Oh man, they like, switched. Oh, it <laughs> they switched back. Yeah. When did they do that? <clears throat> All right. Um, Michael, let's, oh. let's, let's jump over in, in, in a baseball here in a minute. Oh, okay. Well, but before we do that, Got to tell you about ColorCast. We are live right now on ColorCast. We have had some people tune in. Um, welcome, everybody over on ColorCast. Thanks for, for tuning in. Yeah, we're live right now. And as, as those of you know tuning in, it is a live audio-only sports talk platform. For those of you who don't know that and are listening later, 
Well, that's what it is. It's free to download and to use. You can talk to me, other fans, athletes, and insiders in real time. It's perfect for watch parties, debates, post-game breakdowns, and reacting to breaking news. All you need to do is download the ColorCast app free in the iOS app store. It's not available on uh, Google Play just yet, but they're working on it. Create a profile, link your Twitter, and join our group. Now, Spencer, we are at 23 Personnel. At 23 Personnel, two ends. The okay. number's 23 Personnel. So follow us at 23 Personnel, and you will be notified when our room goes live. We'll be going live on ColorCast pretty much every Tuesday night, 9 p.m. Central. Uh, with the exception of you know game nights, we might do a little bit differently, like Spencer mentioned this next Tuesday, the 22nd, we'll probably go live after the OU game. So 9.30 or so, look for that and show up with those spicy takes. All right. So as you know, today's episode of the 23 Personnel Podcast is brought to you by Sports Drink, your digital water cooler. Sports Drink is a newly created internet community that tries to find the intersection of sport sports and not sports they're here to help us grow and to hate on your favorite teams a rising tide lists all boats so go check them out online or on social go to sportsdrink.org or open instagram and type in at sports drink spelled like sports drink but without the vowels it's s-p-r-t-s-d-r-n-k all we ask that you close the door behind you we're trying not to let the funk out Getting the smile and confidence you've been dreaming about all from the comfort of your home isn't a total mystery with Bite Clear Aligners. Just don't be surprised if all your friends start asking, what's your secret? Begin by ordering your at-home impression kit today for only $14.95. Bite Clear Aligners are doctor-directed and delivered to your door. Treatment costs thousands less than braces, plus they offer flexible financing, accept eligible insurance, and you can pay with your HSA FSA. Get 80% off your impression kit when you use code WONDERY at Byte.com. That's B-Y-T-E dot Start your confidence journey today with Byte. That's not just the sound of that first sip of Morning Joe. It's the sound of someone shopping for a car on Carvana from the comfort of home. That's a good blend. It's time to take it easy, like answering some easy questions to get pre-qualified for a car in minutes. Talk about starting the morning right. Just like customizing your terms so your car fits your budget. Mm, mm, mm. Visit Carvana.com or download the app to experience car shopping the way it should be. Convenient. Comfortable. Ah. We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search. Match. With Indeed. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences. So the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash match. Just go to Indeed.com slash match right now and support our show by saying you heard about Indeed on this podcast. Indeed.com slash match. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. That's not just the sound of that first sip of Morning Joe. It's the sound of someone shopping for a car on Carvana from the comfort of home. That's a good blend. It's time to take it easy, like answering some easy questions to get pre-qualified for a car in minutes. Talk about starting the morning right. Just like customizing your terms so your car fits your budget. Mm, mm, mm. 
Visit Carvana.com or download the app to experience car shopping the way it should be. Convenient. Comfortable. Ah. Delve into the shadows of the mind with Sleeping Dogs, a gripping murder mystery starring Academy Award winner Russell Crowe. Now available on digital. Crowe portrays an ex-homicide detective unraveling a brutal murder he can't recall. Uncovering secrets from his past, he learns a chilling truth. It's best to let sleeping dogs lie. Visit sleepingdogsmovie.com slash Wondery to watch Sleeping Dogs, now on digital. That's sleepingdogsmovie.com slash Wondery. CarMax is putting peace of mind back in car shopping by putting you in the driver's seat to find a ride that's right for you. Because at CarMax, we believe you shouldn't just settle for a car. You should love your car. That's why every car we sell is CarMax certified quality so you can be sure with upfront pricing that's the same for every customer. So don't settle. Find love at first drive and start shopping now at CarMax.com. CarMax, the way car buying should be. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can spend another weekend doing the same old whatever or I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. With available H-Track all-wheel drive and three-row seating, my whole family can head deep into the wild. Conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can spend another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. With available H-Track all-wheel drive and three-row seating, my whole family can head deep into the wild. Conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can spend another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. With available H-Track all-wheel drive and three-row seating, my whole family can head deep into the wild. Conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. All right, Michael. It's my favorite time. It is. Let's talk some baseball. Go. Left field, well-struck Desloni. Picks it up on a bounce. He's racing for second throw. Out in second. Young lifts it to right field. Looking for a second home run. And he's got it. Into his own bullpen. Reps and some time because all the teams are there. Wow, this one launched deep left off the bat of Warren. And into the bleachers. There he goes. And the pitch is driven. Deep to right. Kerstad to the wall. Off the top of the fence. Here comes the big zone. Cameron Warren's going to murder home from first. From the third is late. And the Red Raiders have reclaimed the lead. Popped up. Trevor Bowie. Back. It's more than a pop-up. It's a big fly. 
So as long as that super regional feels like against Oklahoma State, Kurt Wilson still on the roster. Say what now? Really? Yeah. So the, one of those last highlights of that uh, was Kurt Wilson hitting that home run in the super regionals against Oklahoma State. And that weird weather day, it was like June, it was but it was like 70 degrees and cloudy. Yeah, it was um, a gray day. And we had so many home runs. Um, yeah. yeah, that that, that kind of stout, the stout guy for Oklahoma State. I forget who he was. Colin Simpson? Yeah. They yeah. had a little showdown that day. That was a fun game. It's fun. Um, so update on the roster from last week is no updates yet. Still, the at least the one published. Roster has 44 players. The limit is 40, so we're expecting a new roster to come out. It may come out Friday afternoon, <laughs> seconds before first pitch. <laughs> that sounds we'll about see. right. That sounds Tadlock-esque. Tadlock-esque, yes. So for, first pitch is Friday the 18th against Michigan. That weekend at Globe Life Field will face Michigan, Auburn, and Arizona. With Arizona being a top 15 team, according to the D1 baseball preseason poll, um, now, I want to talk about projected starters, but let me preface this by saying I did not go to any fall practices because that wasn't the thing that was widely available. Um, I watched a little bit of the, the game against the Rangers developmental team, but I also haven't been to any spring practices like some other people have. So if you're listening, if you're a big podcast fan, baseball fan, Texas Tech fan, you need to hit up Dinger Derby with Keith and Gus and George. Let's blank on his name for half a second. Uh, I am told they are recording tonight, so you should have a Dinger Derby podcast to go listen to to preview this upcoming season. Having said all that, I haven't heard any of what Keith has said. I have picked his brain as much as I felt comfortable asking him before he got annoyed with me and said, <laughs> shut up. Um but I wanted to talk about some projected starters starting with the infield going left, right to left first base around um, at first base. I think you have a pretty good shot at seeing Easton Morrell out there. He's a fifth year senior, obviously transferred in several years ago from Arkansas. Um, I think backing him up, you you could see Cole Stillwell. He, he was in that rotation at first base quite a bit. Over at second base, no question about it. Jace Young will be there uh, in his third year with Texas Tech. Shortstop was a little bit of a surprise. I, I saw this from another um, outlet from Red Raider Sports. They had Kurt Wilson there. And I was like, that feels weird because Kurt Wilson's a, he was a pitcher and then he was an outfielder. Outfielder, yeah. Um, but in their article, uh, and I, I guess I hadn't realized this until well, I guess I remembered it. He, especially early on in the spring last year, he's played every position for Texas tech except for catcher. So I was like, I mean, he can play anywhere, I guess. So they got him penciled in as a, as a short start starter. Um, Keith did confirm in our little back and forth that Kurt Wilson has been the everyday shortstop leading up to this season. So I'd expect him out there. Third base, you have seen Parker Kelly there uh, as a fifth-year senior. The concern with that, though, is is that his bat hasn't been consistently hot enough to hold that down. Uh, So you may see Ty Coleman, who's a transfer from Midland College, but previous to that, he was at A&M as a junior. 
catcher. You've got five guys listed on the roster as a catcher. Four of them are incoming freshmen, which is a little scary. The, uh, the one guy that isn't is Cole Stillwell. Um, but I don't know. I, I, I have a hard time penciling in a, a, a true freshman as a starter, especially with Tim Tadlock. Um, but again, Keith indicated that Stillwell is in the catcher rotation, but may not be first. Uh, so you may see guys like Hudson White or Trevor Conley, who is the younger brother of Cal Conley um, out there. Outfield going left to right. Cooper Swanson, he's your fifth-year senior transfer from Florida State, I think could be out there at left. Uh, Dylan Carter, I feel pretty comfortable having him at center. It's a third-year player for you. And then right field, uh, another freshman, but again, this was a combination of what Keith had said uh, and what the Red Raider Sports article indicated. Uh, You may see newcomer Owen Washburn out there starting in right. Um, The thing about the corner outfielder spots, though, you've got other options that could uh, slide out there. You still have Cody Masters on the roster. Uh, He's played a lot of outfield for you. Uh, you got the transfer in from Texas, Dalton Porter. Could play at either of those corner spots. Uh, and then newcomers, Zach Vuletek or Vuletich transferring in from Navarro. And um, if this guy doesn't have body like a back road <laughs> as his walk-up music, Sam yeah, Hunt. I, I knew that's where you were going. I'm going to be disappointed. He's a, he redshirted at Texas Tech, which oh. means um, he, like, he, he stuck around. Uh, Sam Hunt could be one of your other outfielders. Um, starting pitching, I think I, I hate to say this because it's, it's been a, a thing with Texas Tech lately. If we can have some healthy arms, man, you could have a really salty rotation. Keith also says that could be paired with a really hot offense. But starting pitchers, I think I've got three that I, I feel pretty good about. Or sorry, two I feel pretty good about, and Brandon Birdsell and Austin Becker. And then some newcomers to the team uh, that were just absolutely phenomenal at their previous stops. Colin Clark, uh, he's a senior transferring in from Youngstown State. He had a 6-7 ERA uh, and 6-6 six and six record through 73 innings um, and 72 Ks. Uh, there was another guy that... Keith indicated may not play because of injury uh, and Bo Blessy, but he would be another guy that I would, I would look for that could be in the the starting rotation. And then Andrew Morris, who is a junior transfer from Colorado Mesa. Um, and this is a guy that Keith said has a little bit of a uh, Monteverdi feel to him and mm. that uh, he's not a big guy. He's not very overpowering, but at his two years at Colorado Mesa, he had a three, Point two three ERA, eighteen and two record, a hundred and seventy five innings pitched, and two hundred and fifteen strikeouts, which is unbelievable that he threw that many innings, had that record, and that many Ks. So I I think Morris, if he's not like a Sunday starter, could definitely be one of those like really salty guys that you don't want to see in the midweek because the midweek starter is not any slouch. Uh, yeah. Keith also mentioned Beckel could be us in the starting rotation um, who didn't play because of injury, but the pitchers have always been a little cloak and dagger with Tadlock. 
um, because guys will come in and the, their roles will get changed from year to year, uh, from week to week. Um, and I guess anybody really, but those are the, the, that's the startup, the starting lineup that I, I would look for. Easton Morrell at first, Jace Young at second, Kurt Wilson at short, Parker Kelly or Ty Coleman at third, um, Cole Stillwell or Hudson White at catcher, Cooper Swanson in left, Dylan Carter in center, Owen Washburn in right, uh, with your corner, op, corner outfielder options being Cody Masters, Dalton Porter, Zach Vuletich, and Sam Hunt. With a starting rotation of Brandon Birdsell, Austin Becker, Colin Clark, Andrew Morse, and Austin Beckel, I believe. I don't know why I'm blanking on his first name. Um, so I know I ran through that really quickly. Being that I haven't seen any Texas Tech baseball yet, that's that's the projection here. I don't want to buy a Flow Baseball subscription. I may have to. Yes, I was looking into it. It's really hard to find. Yeah, it's really hard to find how much this thing costs, but it's 30 bucks. I think it's 30 bucks, but you'll you'll, you'll get it for three games for Tech's Tech. Those are are your only options. You either pay $30 for, you know, per month, or you can get, I think, a full year for 150 bucks, which, yeah, why would you do that? But yeah, all three games will be on Flow Sports. I do think they have more devices, um, you know, more ways to watch than they did before. I think it's it's a better product than it was. Uh, but but still, yeah, thirty dollars is pretty steep to watch three baseball games. Just um, just just consider it like a, a pay per view event. You get three of them for ten bucks a piece. I mean, yeah, that's cheaper true. than a ticket. That's true. And I, I may bite the bullet and do it because if I'm, I'm not sure what we're up to on Friday, but I, I know that Friday games at seven, if I'm home on Friday, I may want to watch a little bit of baseball just because I can. And I think, um, uh, my daughter and I, were going to try to go, hopefully we've got some family stuff that may prevent it, but we're really going to try to go to the we have tickets to the Lady Raiders game at two o'clock on Saturday versus Kansas. So that would be right in the middle of Texas Tech's second baseball game. But um, I think Tech plays again Sunday at two. Yeah, it's right show to Sunday. Yeah. Um, and if you're going to be there in Arlington. Oh, that's right. Gambling Gauchos are hosting a get together, meet up a watch party for the Texas basketball game Saturday morning at Texas live, which is right out there outside the outfield concourse at globe life field. I can say that because I've been there. I know where Texas live is. You have been there. You've been on the, you've been on the, you've had a catch. I played catch on the field, on the field. Um, and then after the baseball game or as, as time's winding down, you can walk over, uh, and then take in the Texas tech Auburn baseball game. Sorry. After the basketball game, the Texas tech, Texas basketball game, the guy's going to move over and take in the baseball game. So you get several hours of Texas Tech athletics, drinks, and good times. Uh, DM Rob for all details. Yeah. Look up, listen to the Gauchos. I'm sure they'll have a little bit more of an update this week. And uh, I know Keith will be floating around with Dinger Derby and Red Raider Dugout. So I know he'll be around the area too. And if you see him, give him a shout out and I would love to be in Dallas this weekend, but I won't. I know it just, it didn't work for us either. It didn't work. All right. So down and dirty, uh, baseball, just a preview 
Um, like I said, you're playing Michigan, not the same uh, level Michigan team that you ran into a couple years ago in in Omaha. I, you know, after beating them early in the spring, um, Auburn should be pretty good. Arizona, uh, obviously, top twenty five team. Good opening weekend of baseball. Um, great resume builders. If you win these games, not a um, not a sky is falling uh, issue if you lose these three games. Uh, but if you, I, I guess it depends on how you look in these three games, if you were to lose all three of them. But anyways, fun weekend of sports for Texas Tech. Basketball and baseball ongoing there. Um, and then I want to wrap up a little bit, Michael, with some football. Okay. What do you think? Yeah. All right. Chuck keeps himself. Made two guys miss. Touchdown! Two now in the end zone. Picked off him, and it's picked off. Pick six, Jeffers. Slager able to escape, and that picked off. Back to back. Turnovers, and Waters running the other way. Picked down the sideline. Touchdown. Pick six. 70 yards. Marquise Waters. Play fake. Finds Tharp again, and he's in the end zone for his first To throw Wide open. As a man downfield, and Texas Tech finds the end zone. It's McLean Mannix. Brooks to the left side to the five. Touchdown, Red Raiders. Smith. Find a little time. Throwing to the back of the end zone. Caught. Touchdown. Tied at 38. Three seconds to go. 62 yard try. Garibay has his foot into wow. it. It may be long enough. It is good. It is good. It is good. Right, all of that. We we may not even spend that much as much time as that intro was <laughs> yeah. on football. It's a little long for for this kind of update, but it's it's fine. Uh, yes, we did have a national signing day. We, we we covered that a little bit, but recruiting never stops for our man Joy McGuire. Um, that twenty twenty three class, we we all kind of like. I don't know. I, I was a little cynical when they're like, Oh, it's a top five class. Cause you had like one guy and there was a, a high four star. Like well, that's not gonna last. Yeah. Same. Okay. But <laughs> since then, uh, he's only picked up two more four stars and a handful of other guys that aren't rated yet, but that should be, um, you are still number six in the country and your 2023 class with 13 guys. Second in the Big 12, average star rating of 90.15 for the guys that are rated, um, that A-R-E rated. Isaiah Crawford, your defensive end. The new guys, safety Brendan Jordan Jordan from Mansfield, Texas, four-star, six-foot, 185. And then recently, Jamari Davis from Clarendon, an athlete, 6'2", 190. Some services have him at four stars as well. But man, you've got all kinds of talent coming in. Like the the quarterback we talked about a couple weeks ago, Jake Strong, unranked, but 
could be, should be a three-star, maybe, you know, high three-star type of guy. Mm-hmm. Um, I didn't do this math. Somebody else did, but I thought it was appropriate to share. Joey McGuire in his three months on the job has gotten the commitments and or signed seven four-star recruits. Three months, seven four-star guys. You know how many Matt Wells did in his three years? Was it was it seven at least? It was three. Oh, my God. Now, granted, some of his highest and best performing players were transfers, and those aren't rated as well. He so, hit like, on so many transfers. I mean, he, he really did. He did. And it's, yeah. it's those are rated differently. And it, you getting a four-star transfer is like you getting Cam Newton to walk on or something. Sure. That's, um, that's not bad. He was a transfer. He was because he went from <laughs> Florida to Navarro or Blinn. I can't remember Blinn. which. I thought it was yeah. Blinn. To, to Auburn. Um, but yeah, I just want to point that out. Uh, Joe McGuire still smoking hot on the recruiting trail. Looking forward to spring ball, Michael, you looking forward to spring practice. I actually am. Yes, because I think it will be, um, you know, I don't feel like I needed to be coddled during a spring game, but you know, the Matt Wells ones, they, they just kind of treated it like a formality, like, okay, we'll do this because apparently someone said we should do one. Whereas I feel like McGuire is going to treat it as an opportunity. I mean, I don't know. Rick Flair may show up at the spring game. There, there's no telling. He's at the basketball game. happen. Yeah. 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 I mean, obviously because of the gorilla lawyer, but, oh, <laughs> but anyway, we had, I just, I just couldn't, believe just kind of the atmosphere of those spring games. It was just like, okay, we're, we're going to have practice and y'all can show up or not. We don't care. Yeah. It was, it, the was presence like, fine. You know, <laughs> hardcore fans were there. We're there. We're going to come, but you know, McGuire's going to make it into something different for sure. The, the presentation of the Matt Wall spring games were just like, really dude. Like you, you couldn't, you couldn't pull something up for uh, the fans to come see. Like it very much was a, a practice that people were invited to like, but it was sold as a spring game. Yeah. There was no scoring, which you, yeah, you, you got to have something. I mean, you, you know, black versus red, some, something means something, uh, you know, a pick six means something. And, and just, I don't know there, there just needs to be some way. If you're going to have fans there, you need to cater to the fans in some form or fashion. Yeah. Not just have an open practice basically. And not have just random fans call a play that they announced to the, the, the crowd like, Oh, that's, that's, that's that play. They're going to run. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. Um, there was some news that dropped Monday night. Um, the matador club, Michael, did you see this? Yes. The matador <laughs> club, Cody Campbell and some high dollar donors boosters have come together, uh, to create the matador club to create NIL opportunities through community outreach for Texas tech athletes, not all athletes, which I'm not sure how they can get away with this. And probably because the university is um, completely hands off with NIL outside of like kind of coordinating, like here's how you do it legally. Yes. I'm sure there are but, people who support the players and make sure everything's above board. Yeah but this group is going to be donating or giving money to players through community outreach for just three sports. You'll never guess which three football, basketball, men's basketball and baseball. Oh, 
Well, and, and I'm not sure how this is going to work because me neither. I, I I will admit I skimmed the article. Don Williams had a had a write up about it in the AJ. Like Spencer mentioned, I think it came out online Monday night, but was in the Tuesday's paper. And it's basically a way for students. It's, it's going to be a community service type deal um, in order to be part of this pool and to have access to these funds. The students will be doing community service type things, you know, outreach, like Spencer mentioned, uh, probably. I, I don't know. I would imagine it's going to be maybe clean up some parks or something here and there. And I think they mentioned some other things, uh, working with kids, doing some, maybe some kind of camps or appearances at games. Uh, I, I just, I think it will, it would be great. I really like this aspect. I don't know how they're going to make it work <laughs> because it just, it just seems like a nightmare to figure out, well, who's worth, showing up at halftime of the Idaloo basketball game or, or you know, whatever. I, that's fine. They can figure all that out, but that's where it's going. It's, it's going this direction through, through pools and just kind of having donors all get together very openly and throw money into a, a pot and, and try to figure out how to, how to dole it out. Yeah. So from the website and the, the, the Our Mission section, statistics show that 85% of student-athletes with full-ride scholarships live in poverty. This doesn't even touch walk-on players. We want to help change that. The Matador Club is a non-profit 501c3 organization. We create avenues for Texas Tech student-athletes to make a positive impact with their name, image, and likeness. And our partnership with local organizations gives student-athletes meaningful NIL collaborations. Um, and then they have a join the club, get involved with the Matador club. You can be a one-time donor or a monthly donor. Um, one time, give a one-time donation of any amount to help student athletes make ends meet insider updates on athlete appearances and invites to the Matador club events for strive for honor members. And you can set up a monthly recurring donation. Um, see support athletes thrive on and off the field insider updates on athletes and the same invite to the Matador club and strike for honor members. Yeah. It's, it's kind of, it's kind of towing both lines. Um, I mean, I don't have a problem with however these kids can make some money off their name, but it's, it's kind of interesting that, you know, the, the big draw of this is to get these kids to have a, here are his, or here's a quote from Cody Campbell. They'll do appearances with local charities. They'll help raise awareness. They'll be ambassadors for different causes, schools, nonprofits, whatever the case may be. Really try to connect those players with the community, and hopefully it'll be a good benefit to those charity charities, and I think it will be. So, and I don't know how often this happens, but maybe it does. I'm sure it does. When a big celebrity stops by your charity event, I'm sure they get paid. Mm-hmm. If, or, or, you know, I mean, I, I know that's a thing, but it just kind of seems odd to pay a college kid to come by the charity to raise money for the charity. But I mean, I don't know. I think that's just how it, it, it just, I, I don't quite get it. I think it's, it's a, like we're playing by the rules, but it's a, this is a thinly veiled, like we're, we're getting Texas tech donors together to pay our athletes. 
Yes, that's exactly what it is. And that's fine. And if, if they're being paid to show up and deliver food for Meals on Wheels or something like that or, or, or you know, any other, you know, make a meal at Mc, Ronald McDonald House or, or whatever it takes, you know, right. whatever they're showing up to do. Okay, sure, they'll be paid to do it, but they're still going to show up and do it and they will do the work and, um, you know, it will be a very positive influence on the community and on the people they serve. So I'm not knocking that at all. It's just, it's just taking me a second to process it, how it's going to work, but Hey, we don't have to figure it out. No, um, we don't have to figure out how much Jace young is worth to, to head up to the Kiwanis club for an hour or how much pancake breakfast. <laughs> yeah. Or how much Santos Silva is going to be worth, um, you know, after the end of the season, if, if, you know, to, to go run a camp for a little bit. I, I don't know, but someone else will figure that out. But the more opportunities, the better. That's the way this is going. That's the way it needs to go. These kids should be able to capitalize on it in the way that they see fit that uh, works best for them. For sure. All right. You know what else was this weekend, Michael, besides uh, that, the basketball game, there's a pretty what? big football game this weekend. I saw, <laughs> I all saw right. that. Did did you did you have really all that much care in the outcome of the game? Did you care if the Rams won or the the Bengals won? I sort I you're, of you're pulling for the Bengals, but I, I think I was. I, I I do think I was. Um, yeah, I was. I was pulling for the Bengals, but no, I did not care that that didn't work out. I, I kind of found the irony in the fact that they lost basically the same way Kansas city lost to the Bengals in week 16 or 17, whenever that was, uh, where the, the Rams just had a first and goal that never ended. Oh my gosh. They had so many opportunities from five. And that, yards. That's what happened with the Bengals <laughs> against Kansas city. They just got in the 20 yard line and ran 17 plays and eventually of course scored. So that's, Hey, it sucks. Sucks when it happens to the other team too. But you know, we've got Donald playing as as well as he did and cup playing as well as he did and and Stafford making some no look passes. And that's hard not to like, (laughs) it's hard not to root for that, you know, but I just want to point out that like, as much as people want to talk about how officials are just there to call the game, you, you, as much as any other game that I was not a part of, like I, I wasn't a fan of this game, like you could clearly see they were instructed on how to call the game. There was a literal fight on the, on the sideline and no flags were thrown. Punches like being said, thrown. Punches two, were thrown. Anything goes Nothing to the yet. last two minutes, unless some I know, comes and off then, the sideline in a hoodie, then you got to call that. <laughs> so, so it was like, like the, the let them play. Like that's, that happened for a portion of the game. Um, the Rams got burned on a, a long touchdown pass where the receiver almost ripped off the de- defensive backs face mask, his helmet by his face mask. Um, I was like, okay, we're going to go that route. And then like completely changed at the end. like, they were like, okay, we, I guess we have to call the game now. Um, I have a theory. Yeah. What, what's your theory? If we're going all in on the, um, there being some sort of direction. Well, I, I, and I'm saying like the direction was to let them play. 
it wasn't so much like we're going to call it against one team or the other. Like it was like it was both ways. Teams were getting away with things early on in the game that they sh- shouldn't really have gotten away with. Well, what I was getting at was the MVP voting. I think the MVP voting happens in the last, basically after the two, up to the two minute warning or something. They don't do it after the game is over because there was some speculation that uh, Donald may have won it had they done it after the game was over. He definitely, you know, he made a case. He made a hell of a case those last two minutes. Yeah. Like he, he, uh, he definitely, you know, impacted the outcome, at least on that last drive for like, yeah, several plays and the, the play, the sack that or not the sack, the pressure that ended the game, like was the all-star defensive lineman. Donald still almost, how crazy would that have been on that fourth and one if he would have completed, completed that, that pass? He almost did. I mean, it was just like three feet away. He almost completed that crazy circus pass. It's like discus. It was like a discus thing. But I, I think that, you know, maybe the refs were slowing the game down to give give the people enough time to vote for Cooper Cup. And, and like I said, I don't... Like... <laughs> I, I I don't think it was it was instruction as in like you're gonna you're gonna make calls to benefit a certain team. Um but I think it was more of like, hey, let's not like let's not bog down this this game with a bunch of flags like because nobody wants to see that, right? Like then watch the game played. Yeah. But there were opportunities when flags should have been thrown and they weren't. You're like, what is going on? Yeah, that is kind of weird. Um whatever. And uh, I I I I would have a hard time making a, a case that the game was affected ultimately by the way that it was called. It was just really strange. Um, like, and like, like I said, when it was really apparent was when they had the fight on the sideline and literally no flags were, th- were thrown. They were, they were like breaking the teams up. Um, not even the good old offsetting penalties that does nothing. Yeah, it was, no, it was like unsportsmanlike content on this guy and unsportsmanlike. No, it was like nothing happened. Anyways, um, let's let's wrap this up with what we learned because we we've now talked about three different sports. We're going a little long on our first ever color cast simulcast of the twenty three personal podcast, and then we'll wrap it up. What did we learn, Palmer? I don't know, sir. I don't know either. All right, so I'll go first. It's not in there, but um, Michael, I made another batch of that meat church smoked queso. Oh my gosh. I and still haven't done that. I've got to, I have to do it. It still hits man. Uh, it looked good. That's what the, you put. You were brave enough to post that on the Twitter. And I don't think you got roasted at all, which is good. No. And, and I, I, I made a very pointed, uh, <laughs> I, oh, you I tweeted somebody out. I tweeted that at the, um, uh, is it big 12 country? that he writes for, or anyways, it's a content creator. His name's Corey, but he's a, he's, he, creates content for the Sooners portion of this website, network, whatever. And this season, um, he posted a cream cheese-based dip. Yes. It was like cream cheese and uh, other kind of cheese and sausage or s- some kind of meat in it. Anyways, he called it a cheese dip, which I, I immediately just equated to like somebody outside of Texas calling queso a cheese dip. And it was gray. And so like 
we were, I think we were on air when we found that during the Rob Bro college tailgate show and we roasted them. We lost it. We lost it. Um, and I, I, I sent this picture to him. It's like, this is how a queso should look. It was Did a long respond? con. It was like four months. Like, yeah, he's like, yeah. It's like, and if I made a queso, that's what it would look like. I was like, yeah, sure, dude. <sighs> Anyways, meat church. I, I, I pulled a, um, the, the, the Twitter poll out. I, I asked the Twitter poll, should I do something? I was like, that's stupid. I'm just going to do it anyways. <laughs> there you go. Uh, I, I asked the only way to operate so much interaction. I asked people if they wanted me Is to it release, all right if I go to the bathroom now, <laughs> if I should share the, um, the recipe. Oh my gosh. I couldn't think of the word. Anyways, I did, um, end up sharing. It's like I said, it's from meat church. It's not my recipe. There, there are some ways that you can, um, you can personalize it. They call for a cream of jalapeno soup, which mm. I'd never been able to find it. I listed it in the, in the ingredients because that's what the recipe calls for. I've always done a cream of mushroom soup. It's not necessarily for flavor. It's for consistency. Um, but I, I would, I would expect someplace like a, an HEB may have a specialty type of cream of pepper soup. Um, anyways, it's two pounds of Velveeta, the big block of Velveeta, one pound of Gouda, a pound of, they call for hot breakfast sausage. My family's not all that into spicy. So I did a, just a mild breakfast sausage. They said you could substitute it out for venison or chorizo. Um, two cans of Rotel, get whatever Rotel you want. You will dump those in with the juices. I actually added one of those small, uh, little cans of diced jalapenos. Oh, so again, like it wasn't, it wasn't spicy, but it was just a little bit more spice to it. Um, two tablespoons of your favorite barbecue rub. So I went, I went one tablespoon red Raider meats, brisket rub, one tablespoon Red Raider meats, all-purpose barbecue rub. I don't know if I realized they had an all-purpose. I've seen their brisket. Yeah, you can find them in uh, in United. And I use and their steak seasoning all the time. Yeah, I had to get a new bottle of steak seasoning for uh, Valentine's Day yesterday. Anyway, uh, that stuff's awesome. So that goes in the smoker. Forty-five minutes at three fifty. You stir it every fifteen minutes. It's delicious. What about you, man? What did you learn? Um, I okay. So I was not. Okay. So that's funny. I was not at able to watch the OU game because I was at buddy Holly hall. Like I mentioned earlier and I was watching the Carol King musical called beautiful. And I don't know if you're familiar with Carol King's work, but I am, I mean, at least, at least tapestry, you know, that's, that's the, her big album that won a ton of awards was awesome. Um, but basically she lived a lifetime before that. And that's what you learn is just, how prolific she was as a songwriter and all of the thong, all of the songs she wrote, <laughs> the thong they wrote for, um, that, you know, a lot of other folks sang, a lot of Motown groups sang and, and made them hits. But I think the thing I learned the most was that Carol King famous for writing so far away, or will you love me tomorrow? Which just hits you in the gut. Um, also wrote the locomotion, I had no idea that she did this and her babysitter, her babysitter sang it. And I forget what her name was like baby Eva or something. What was, what was her name? Uh, 
little Eva, little mm-hmm. Eva sang it. And she was actually, um, who watched, that was, uh, the same girl who watched their kid. Mm-hmm. And she took that song to a number one hit. And it was, I was just like, man, she was just so prolific and was able to write so many different things for different people. And, uh, it was a really cool show. So I, that was what I learned. That's it. That's all I got. I just had no idea. Carol King, a person who I really have listened to for several years that wrote the, the locomotion. All right. Well, one more question. What were your, your just skim 30,000 foot view thoughts on the halftime show? Were you oh a fan of it? Gosh. Did you enjoy it? Yeah. A big time fan. I'm almost 40. So yes, it spoke to me on several levels. Uh, it took me back to North first Abilene, Texas, circling the Sonic in my friend's gigantic Chevy four by four diesel truck, four door long bed. It's a big truck. <laughs> it was a farm truck too. It was not like, but that was the truck he had. And that was what we played in that in, in his truck a lot was was a lot of that music and man it just took me straight back to it i really liked it i thought the set was cool i thought how they how they brought everybody out was was cool that it was kind of a block party basically they had the cars out i was hoping there'd be three 14 inch running 14 inch rims running on the side but i didn't see them but they did have a map of compton i think or uh, down on the bottom or spinners you remember those? Those were, oh, those were yeah, big so back in the 2000s. Oh, yeah. 2000s. But, uh, <laughs> I mean, my head almost exploded because that that all happened. That whole halftime show happened, and I really enjoyed it. And then while I was still processing it, like Luda started rapping over some NFL commercial coming back to the game. I was like, oh, my gosh, now Luda's here. What's <laughs> what's happening? So one, I was 20 year old me is, is, is going insane. I was, I was a little frustrated. There was so much noise going on in the house. I couldn't, I, I could tell what the songs they were singing. But I couldn't actually hear it very well. So I'm going to go back and I'm going to have to rewatch the whole show. Um, yeah. 50 cent coming up. I had no idea he was going to be there. That, that was pretty cool to, to see him just pop up. Cause man, that mm-hmm. song was played on a loop my freshman year in college. Yeah. So the, that so, whole album. So for, for me, that was like, uh, eighth grade, but a lot of, a lot of early high school jams for me. Um, but then, um, afterwards it was, it was the tweet about somebody our, our age, like, man, that was such a great halftime show. It was, it was, it was not some old, like it wasn't some, some old person band, um, that, you know, or, or they're, they're playing for the old people. It was something like I really connected with him. And then you're like, wait a minute. <laughs> yeah, That was for us because we're, we're the older generation now. I mean, this, obviously there are people that like ran to Facebook to complain about it, but sure. Um, well, this, this is how I feel shopping at a grocery store. Cause I know every single song and a lot of it's Matt's a lot of it is matchbox 20 or the wallflowers or something. And I'm like, ah, oh, man, they've got a great playlist here. And then I realized, <laughs> Oh, it's because they're catering to my age of people. And then someday I'm going to go there and I'm like, I don't know any of this music anymore. Yeah. And someone else is going to kind of have that same epiphany. I'm going to, and I'm going to realize I'm way too old and someone's going to realize, Oh, I'm getting old. Oh no. <laughs> yeah. So, all right. That'll do it for us in the 23 personnel podcast. Those that join us on Colorcast, thanks. We'll be doing it again anytime we go live. 
for post-game instant reactions. Also on our normal Tuesday night shows at 9 p.m., except for days we have games. For Michael, I'm Spencer. We'll catch you guys next time. Thank you for listening to the 23 Personnel Podcast and sharing our fandom for the Texas Tech Red Raiders. You can connect with us on Twitter at 23Personnel, Spencer at PuntSuck, and Michael at Michael underscore LBK. And find even more great content over on stakingtheplanes.com. Help us out by rating the show and leaving a review on iTunes and subscribe on whatever channel you listen to podcasts. Remember to tell your friends about the show. The guys will be back next week with another episode. And until then, guns up and let the tortillas fly.